welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. So glad you're listening today. And we're going to be going through some of the life transitions that people have inside their careers. As an advisor, and I look through my younger clients especially, and almost every single one of them, I have helped them through some type of career transition, whether that was just jumping from one job to another, or they've switched their career multiple times. And the average person, as of, as of right now, works 12 different jobs in their lifetimes. That's an, on average, every 4.1 years is their tenure at whatever job they're in. So as I help people through that transition, it's looked different for each and every one of those clients. For one client, it might be just I'm helping them through the retirement process and helping them do some type of rollover. And some others, I've held their hand through the whole entire process and helped them through the weighing of the pros and cons of benefits. And as they selected their new job, going through their benefits with them and helping them select what pieces of the benefits that they want to choose and their options that they have. But as I've gone through that as a, from a professional, there's some things that I look at when I look at this and to help you evaluate if it's worth taking the job or not. Now, this might be a little bit of a broken record from different news outlets or whatnot, but there was a big thing that started back in 2020 from the COVID pandemic, and it stemmed all the way through 2022 called the Great Resignation. In 2022, more than 50 million U.S. workers left their job, the highest number of quits since the government started tracking them in early 2000. Now, fewer people are quitting their jobs so far in 2023. And actually, it's been the lowest number that we've seen since 2021, which was at the record high. So what does that mean? Well, it could be an anomaly. It could be something that we could be seeing for years to come. So instead of being the great resignation, it could be the great stay. People are evaluating whether it makes sense for them to take that new job. And especially as inflation and those costs of living have increased over time, a lot of, especially the millennials, are looking at, is it worth jumping jobs and taking that risk to make more money? Now, again, going back to the statistics, and I've seen this too, working with the clients that I've worked with, is 4.1 years is about the, the tenure of most people's jobs working in that workforce, whether they're in that career and they're just transitioning to a new job within that field, or they're transitioning to a different job at a different company. And it looks completely different for each single one of those. But most people, I think, should evaluate every couple of years their current situation. And one way that you can go through this process, and I like to break it down in three different parts, and that's family, money, and benefits. So let's kind of go into those three different topics. So the first one is what I think is the most important, and that's coming down to your family. How are you going to make this transition? Is it best for your family? Is it not just best for you, but best for your whole entire family? And you have to look at all the different dynamics that go into this decision. And you got to weigh those pros and cons and the challenges that might come with this new job compared to the current job that you're doing. So some of those things to look at, this could be challenges from working from home. Some people have that ability to work hybrid or work from home or remote. And that can come with some challenges. If you have young kids, that 
could be a benefit and it could be also not a benefit, especially if you don't have the space or the the home office to be able to get away and be able to do your job efficiently without getting those interruptions that you might not get when you're working inside the office. You got to look at the age of your kids. Does it make sense to take this risk when maybe your bills are higher than, than they probably ever will be? Whether that is you're paying for daycare or you're paying for the extra costs of being a kid, the health insurance. It could be you're paying for extra sports and extracurriculars, private school. There's different things that you need to evaluate where your kids are at and at their age. And one thing that I found working with, especially the older generation, I think like the people that are getting closer to retirement, they've progressed in their career enough to where they're in that management role where it is very high stress. And that work-related stress does come home with them. And they're willing to retire just because they want to get away from this high-stress job or make less money to go to a, a lesser jet stress job. And, and those are the things that you have to look at too when you're looking at making that transition to the new job is what kind of stress am I bringing to not only myself but potentially bringing to my family as well. And that could be just the amount of hours that are required from that job. It can be, again, if you're working in management, it could be the type of industry that you're in. It could be very high stress for a short period of time. If you're in the construction business, you might have these periods during the summer where it's just go, go, go. But then you might have a dead period there in the winter where you're really not doing any work. So those types of things need to be processed when you're looking at the different jobs that you're going into. Because again, that affects your family. And at the core of whatever you're doing, your family is always the number one thing. And so to make sure that you're not only putting your family ahead, but also making sure you're on the same page with your spouse. And I see this a lot with people who are in sales or looking to start their own business or entrepreneurship. You really have to be on the same page with your spouse and making sure that your goals are aligning together and that those days that are tougher, that they're able to pick up the slack and aren't going, holy smokes, you know, I've been at home all day with the kids and, you know, you've been just gallivanting and doing whatever you want during your business. And now you're requiring me to do extra work when I get home. You have to make sure that those things are talked about before you make these decisions. And so as you're making these transitions, if you're starting your own business, maybe starting a new uh, type of role if it's in sales or something like that, making sure you're having that conversation with your spouse to be on the same page. So again, that's number one. Make sure that you're doing the right thing for your family and it's not just about the dollars. But the dollars ultimately are probably why you're making the decision other than maybe some kind of work-related stress or being unhappy. So let's kind of talk a little bit about the money. Most people that are leaving their current job increase their pay by about 13%, which is decreasing from the, the, the amount that people were getting back in 2021 and 2022. So that playing field, I guess, is leveling out compared to if you stay where you're at, the average is about 6%. So you're effectively doubling the amount of increase in your pay by moving jobs. Now, again, that doesn't mean it's the best thing for you, but there's that's the reason that some people are leaving for that higher amount of income. But again, you have to look at it and analyze it and make sure it makes sense. Is it 
the salary that you're earning? Is it the overtime that you're considering? Is it the bonuses? And then on top of that, you have to look at the commute cost. Hey, is this farther away from where I currently reside? Is it currently farther than my normal commute? Is it more dangerous? And I drive 94 every day. That's not always the safest commute. Those are some considerations that you need to make when you're going through and looking at the dollars. And it can't just be, okay, I'm increasing my salary from 55000 to sixty. Well, what what's it required to get that sixty compared to just seeing, hey, I make $5,000 more? As you're looking at these different transitions, make sure you really start looking deep into how much you're going to make and if it's worth that that risk. Now, one stat I'll throw out there, and I think this is kind of alarming, is that 90% of Gen Z who left their jobs back in the Great Resignation regretted it. And a lot of that comes with the work-related stress. You know, yeah, you're making more money, but you're required to do more for that job. And so that can come at a cost of mental health or some other things that may not be worth it. So again, you have to look at, is this job fulfilling? Is it is there a track for me to to increase my pay? Is it there's a track for me to get be better as a, an adult and in my career? Those are all things that you got to look at. And as you're making these transitions too, be mindful that sometimes you're going to need some type of an emergency fund. I know I've talked about this multiple times and I'll continue to talk about it because the emergency fund is so important. But a lot of times there is that pay gap. Even if you quit one job or you put your two weeks in and you have the next job, well, likely those paychecks are not going to align. There's going to be a period of time before you'll get your first paycheck. It might be even a couple of weeks before you get that pay. And then you might be out of work or out of a paycheck for a couple of weeks that you have to make sure that you have that emergency fund to to make up the difference. And again, this I found this too, is that most people who are in these transitions sometimes didn't decide to do that. They were forcefully pushed out of a job or fired or let go downsize, whatever that may be. So again, having that emergency fund to allow you to find the best career and the best job for your next step. So making sure you have that emergency fund is so, so important. Now, the third major thing to evaluate what decision you want to make is, again, your benefits. And this is probably the most overlooked part of the transition. Again, most people are looking at the dollar amount and how much they're making and increase in salary. But benefits are a huge, huge thing when it comes to your pay. And actually, your benefits actually make up about 30% of your overall pay. So one job might pay more, but if the benefits aren't there, you could be seeing a decrease in your actual overall amount that you're making because your benefits are not there. Now, for some jobs and for some people, that makes sense. A lot of the time that I work with people is you have one spouse that their benefits are better than the others. So they might be on their workplace insurance plan or they might even have health co- or life insurance coverage. They might be putting more into one spouse's retirement because the benefits are better there than the others. So maybe for the other person that's not using their job for their benefits, maybe they are looking for a higher rate that they make in their salary because they're making up for it because they don't need the benefits. Those are some careful considerations you can make. And and again, having a spouse or a partner to be able to lean on definitely helps that decision and makes it a lot easier to make. But again, benefits are about 30% of your overall pay. And so it's really important to go through to figure out, 
is this next job worth it over and above the salary increase that I'm, I'm hopefully taking? So again, those are the things that you're looking at are going to cover the essential insurances. This would be your health insurance, which is the number one thing that most people are looking for in subtype of benefit from their job. And I'll tell you right now, health insurance can be wildly different from one company to the other. Whether you're talking about a small business to a large corporation, the insurance coverage and, and whatnot can be a lot, lot different. And the bigger the business or the bigger corporation, the likely the more flexibility you have in your benefits. So for your health coverage, you might be able to select from a couple of different plans, whether you want a really high deductible plan with an HSA contribution or you want a low deductible plan with a little bit higher premium. Those are all different considerations that you got to make as, as an individual that, of course, I or somebody in our office can help you evaluate that. But one thing that most people forget is the life insurance and disability coverage that especially most bigger corporations will include. And typically your life insurance is usually some type of multiple of your income. So your life insurance might be one to two times your income. And then over and above that, you can purchase extra life insurance at a reduced cost compared to getting it on the outside market. So again, your, your benefit might be that they provide a life insurance for one and a half times your pay. If you want 10 or 15 times your pay like you're supposed to have, well, then you can purchase extra through your employer at a reduced rate. Now they might cap it. They might say, hey, you can buy up to 300,000 over and above that. You're going to have to go through a couple of different steps or you'll have to buy that outside of your employer. So those are some careful considerations there. And one other thing to look at, again, is your disability. And sometimes uh, you're looking at the long-term disability most of the time. This is if you, again, you got hurt snowboarding or you were working on the deck and did something you weren't supposed to do. Um, most of the time for short-term disability, you can cover that, especially if you do have an adequate emergency fund there. Short-term will sometimes be able to be used with a maternity or paternity leave. So those are some careful considerations you want to make there. Some of the best benefits that most people usually rave or talk to other people about are their time off. They're, they're able to have the PTO, whether that's four weeks or six weeks or some type of PTO that they're able to, to use throughout the year. And this can be kind of for whatever reason. Some businesses, again, you got to look at it too, is if they're a smaller business, you might not be able to get that time off. If you want to take two weeks, they might say, hey, you, you can't do that during this period because we're super busy. Well, a bigger corporation might be able to say, hey, we're able to to make up the difference, we got a big enough team to to overcome that. So that's something to, to think about as well. And again, another big one that most people rave about, especially if they have it, is maternity or paternity leave. Um, if you're in a small business, usually this is very small. If you're in the corporate jobs, this is usually a little bit better. This can be a huge, huge benefit, especially for the young adults. I think that time is so, so important, especially now that I've had three kids. Just even taking two weeks is is really, really important to have and even more important for, for the mother, I in my opinion. But there's some other benefits that jobs can have that are that are really important that may not be necessarily a a money factor when it comes to your benefits. This can be flexible hours. This is probably one of the best benefits 
that especially the smaller businesses can provide that's maybe a little bit better than the large corporations because of the rules. And you can have the flexible hours. Hey, I need to cut out early to go to my kid's soccer practice, or I need to be able to coach for this. So I got to get out a little bit earlier, but I can make up the hours tomorrow, or I can make up the hours on Friday where in a large court, corporation, you might not have that flexibility. It might be that, that rigid nine to five. This is when I expect you to be clocked in. And, and then if you work beyond that, that's great, but you need to at least be in there during those hours. Another one is remote work. And this is actually the number one thing that people are looking for right now. And even a higher percentage are actually wanting this as for a young adult. Right now, about Roughly 20% of the overall market is allowing re remote work. A little bit higher percentage of that is allowing hybrid work. But actually closer to 90% of people right now are looking for jobs that include at least a hybrid or a remote option. So for a lot of these employers, they're going to, over the next, I say, decade, they're going to start working towards a more of a remote office opportunity for people. And I think it's important, especially if people want to take a little bit longer vacation or you hit a situation like COVID where they can do their job from wherever and maybe they don't want to be in Michigan where it's negative four and they want to be down in Arizona or Florida or somebody warmer where they can work during the day and then enjoy some warmer weather in those off hours. For some people, they could be closer to the end of their career and maybe they have a second home in, in Florida or something like that, where it allows them to go down and work from their second home and be able to enjoy being down in Florida and, and being able to enjoy that nice weather. But that prolongs their career. They, you know, Instead of them feeling like they have to retire to be able to enjoy that, that weather during the winter, that remote work allows them to, to prolong that. So that's, a, that's one of the number one benefits that people are looking for. So if that's something you are looking for, know that you're not alone and more and more jobs are going to allow that. But again, that's a huge benefit that you could get that's not necessarily a monetary one. Again, benefits make up about 30% of your overall pay. So going through and making careful consideration when you're looking at that and what's hard is when you're going through the job process and the interview process is a lot of the times you can't see what benefits you're able to get. They might say, hey, we include health insurance and a 401k match and that kind of thing. But you don't know what insurance coverage and what plan they have and what the deductible is and that kind of thing. So that makes that decision a little bit harder. Luckily, there's some programs like Glassdoor and stuff that you're able to kind of get on and see what's available. And some of the employees of that corporation or that company will be forthright and kind of tell you what's going on. Now, again, another big one, and this is kind of more in my space, is that people have some type of retirement benefit. And trust me, I've seen almost everything. I've seen plans that put in like 1% for somebody and they had to put 10% in to get it. I've seen plans that put in money for you and you didn't even have to put it out of your own paycheck. They just put it in there for you as a, a profit sharing. Some of them paid bonuses out that way. Some of them will do a combination of the two where they will have some kind of a matching program, but then they'll also do some profit sharing. Every once in a while, I'll run into a pension plan where somebody's still offering a pension or an ESOP plan. You know, there's so many different retirement plans out there, but I'll tell you it's one of the most underutilized plans and I'll tell you why. 
most people, because of the tenure of it being a 4.1 years that you're in between jobs, is that most times these retirement benefits are over a five-year vesting period. So if you're leaving before the five years, you're leaving money on the table. Even though you might have taken full advantage of the match that they provided, because you're leaving early, you're leaving money in that plan that you cannot take with you because you did not get over that five-year vesting period. So if you are really close and you're looking at maybe making a transition and you maybe know that that job that you really want to move to is going to be available in, say, a couple months or a year, well, it might make sense to push that out a little bit. And especially if you start looking at your career over a couple of decades and you're moving jobs every couple of years, not hitting that vesting period could really, really hurt you over the long term. So wherever you're at in your career, if you've made a couple of bounces so far, or if you're planning to make some bounces, please make sure that when you do move jobs that you do something with that 401k. And I always tell the, the people I'm working with or my clients, you need to move it out. Whether you're moving it to me, moving it to yourself, moving it to another 401k, do something, but don't leave it there. And a lot of the time, too, I, I do encourage that they do work with some type of an advisor because it is so important that you're working with somebody who's seen your long-term plan and making sure that they're working for that plan for year in and year out. So that way, when you do retire, it's, it's not new to them. They've been a part of this plan for years and years, and, and you'll feel confident in that transition from working in the workforce to retirement that they can help you and aid you through that process. A lot of times people will say, hey, I put my two weeks in, I'm looking for a new financial advisor. And yeah, that can be good for an advisor. You can make some money uh, pretty quickly and not have to do as much work. But I don't like to do that. I like the long-term relationships where I can help people build wealth over a long period of time and help them and aid them in that whole entire process. So if you do have an old 401k or, or something like that, of course, reach out to me or somebody to be able to help you with that because that is a missed opportunity by just leaving it there and, and letting it sit because sometimes it might not be in the right investment. It's no one's watching it. And sometimes they get completely lost and whether that company ran out of business or they move different retirement plans and you move to a different house, you're not getting the statements anymore. After a couple of years, that money gets issued to the state and you have to go claim it from the state if you know how to do that. So I just encourage people, again, just as you're leaving jobs and, and moving to and transitioning to the next job, take that 401k and do something with it. Again, I can help you out in figuring out what that process looks like, whether that's moving it to an IRA, moving it to a new 401k. Those are all different options that you have, and I'd love to, to talk to you about that. But again, if you're looking at being one of the statistics, you're looking at your tenure and going, okay. Does it make sense that I stay here? Is there a path for me to make more money, to further my career, to get the promotions that I'm you know, longing for, not just financially, but for a self-fulfillment standpoint? Look through these different categories, the family, the money, and the benefits. And as you go through those three different processes, you will most likely make the best decision. Sometimes you're not gonna make the best decision. Maybe they weren't forthright in the, in the beginning, when they were doing the interview process and they led you on to a better process or a better program than what there actually was. That's just going to happen sometimes. And sometimes that's the risk of, of moving jobs. And 
you're likely going to do it at some point in time. And maybe it does make sense financially. It will help you prolong your career or progress your career quickly. But again, it has some risks. And maybe again, maybe this statistic that we've seen in 2023 is here to stay. Maybe people are here to stay at these companies for longer and they feel more more fulfilled by staying and seeing through that process. We'll see. So again, if, if you're going through that transition or even thinking about it, those three different things, the family, the money, and the benefits. Again, if we could be any help to you, of course, reach out. Our number here at the office is 269-978-6000. Or go on to that type form ad and you can type in any, any question that you have regarding your benefits, the money, the transition, the old 401k, the new 401k, or what things that you want. Please be sure to type it in there. Again, you can find that in my bio of Facebook or LinkedIn, or I'll have it in the show notes of this podcast. You can click that. Again, you're completely anonymous. Your name's not in there. I can't be able to contact you. Again, I don't know who you are. This is just pure good content that in a couple episodes or every other couple episodes, I will do a podcast just on answering those questions. So again, if you have questions, type it in there, and I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowsman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.